I want you all to know that uh, we are really building. <laughs> we are building both in the United States and in Nigeria as well. I got the papers. We've actually paid for a piece of land. I, they tell me it's 100 by 100. And I said, what's the meaning of 100 by 100? And they said, well, 100 by 100. Is it 100 feet by 100 feet or 100? What's that? Uh, but now we know exactly what it is. It is 100 meters by 100 meters. And so that's how big the land is that we bought. It's fully paid for. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And it's, it's so funny, if after that thing was paid for, it's just God started blessing the church financially, meaning he has his heart in this. And he wants to bless our church because we are trying to reach people over there. And um, the plan for the building is on, uh, it's been drawn, I believe that's what I hear. And uh, the church that we are planning to build, and we are believing God that we'll be able to build by October. Say amen. amen. I like your faith. <laughs> it's going to sit about 800 people. Yeah, that's been drawn. And we've actually paid the architect uh, for the drawing and for the approval of the drawings. Can you believe that? That's, that's the Jesus we serve. There's nothing that's impossible with him. So we're believing that when we go in October, we'll be going to our church. Amen? And we'll be worshiping with the brethren over there, praying for them and asking them to pray for us. So when we leave, we'll have a church that's praying for the Art Fellowship in the United States. Amen? That's beautiful. I'm so grateful to God. Uh, this last Thursday was our second, uh, second showing on television in Delta State in Nigeria. And... Um, it's amazing what God is doing. We've also paid for the uh, next three months to be on uh, television. And so God has supplied the needs of the Ark Fellowship from day one. That's why I know that God is in it, in what we're doing. And we are all together in this. Uh, this sanctuary was bought six months after the church started. Six months after we started, we had enough money. Now, this six months doesn't mean it's six months. <laughs> they won't let me go because I say three. <laughs> three and two. Every now you guys quit on me, okay? And let me have my peace. <laughs> Can you all warn them for me, please? <laughs> yeah. So we, we, six months after we started, we bought this place. And uh, we bought another land, 10 acres. And it's not the property. It's what I see God doing. And just like what Pastor Wendy said, he's doing something to use our church to reach the world. First to reach Houston and to reach the world. We will be all missionaries reaching out to the world. And I'm very grateful to God for that. I think the brothers in Nigeria, they are looking for Pastor uh, West to come back. <laughs> Amen. On uh, this coming Saturday, we're having an all-night prayer meeting. Friday, sorry. Friday through Saturday, right? At least I'm right halfway. <laughs> but this Friday night, beginning at 10 p.m., we're having all-night prayer meetings. So, well, 10 p.m. all the way through 5 a.m. in the morning. 
If you've never been in one of those things, I really encourage you to come. Time goes so fast. But that time that you spend with God will change something in your future. You might pray to avoid a tragedy that night without you even knowing it. Your future. So it's really important. Uh, There was a, a, a lot of prayer going up to God, mainly all-night prayer meeting in Nigeria when they had a wicked uh, uh, president. And the people, the president was slated to be president for life. He won't let anybody go. He was going to stay there. And the people prayed and said, no way. He's not going to stay. few days, not too long before the election, he just suddenly died. And the next man that took uh, power from him, a military person, generally they would like to stay because it's his opportunity. He said this, his death is divine intervention. Well, that was news to him, but the Christians knew it. They were praying, God, whatever you need to do, take him out. And the Lord took him out. <laughs> That's what we do when we pray. We can pray for our country. We can pray for the economy of the United States. We are not part of it, but it's affecting people there. We'll pray for it, and God will bless the United States, and we will flourish in his name. Amen? So please join, join me this uh, Friday night to pray before God. I want to pray for our church. Two things we'll be praying for, mainly our church and the United States. Our church and the United States. Primarily your life, our church, the United States. So please join me. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Speak to us today and help us to understand your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I've always been fascinated with the book of John from the day that I got saved. I always go back to the gospel according to St. John. When I'm going through difficult times, I go back to that book and I read the book. And uh, I think this weekend I read through the whole book, uh, the Gospel of John. And the Gospel of John is what I want to draw from this morning to share with you, just to help you stand up in faith in God, so that you know who we have with us, and know that there is no situation that cannot be resolved. No negative situation that cannot be made right if we connect with this Savior of ours. That's the greatest thing that's happened to the world. The greatest thing that's happened to the earth. When Jesus came down to our earth to live with us and to be with us and to die for us. Amen. This morning I want to share about the incarnation of God's Son. If you read the Gospel of John, that was really primary in John's thinking. It was so important to him. If you go to the epistle, he starts the same way. And this is what John tells us in John chapter 20, the purpose for which he wrote. We need to know the purpose for which we have the scriptures. What does God want? What is he trying to do by giving us the word? So Paul tell, uh, I mean, uh, John tells us the reason why he wrote the gospel of John to us. It tells us in John chapter 20 verse 31, But these are written that you may believe. 
the, re- the reason why I wrote to you is that I want you to believe. Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing you may have life in His name. Life in His name. Believing is the reason why the book is written. (coughs) Excuse me. God is not asking anything from you. He's asking one thing from you. Believe. Believe in what is written. Because what is written will transform your life. You can try what you want to try to try to be good, to be near to God, and all of that, none of those things will work unless you believe. No good works, nothing. All that God wants from you is to believe, and to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Now, you know we call Jesus, Jesus Christ, where Christ was not his last name when he was on earth. It was Jesus, the son of Joseph. That's the way they knew him, Jesus by Joseph. That's how he was known. He is the Christ. That's who he is. He is the anointed one. So John says, I'm writing to you because I want you to believe that Jesus, that Jesus by Joseph is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the anointed one who is the son of God. Not just the son of a man. Luke wrote and his focus was Jesus the man. The son of man. But John is saying Jesus was not just a man. He was the son of God. Jesus who is the Christ is the son of God. He says if you believe this. If you believe this. You will have life in his name. That you may have life in his name. So regardless of what's happening to you in your life, when you bring in the faith in Christ, you bring inject life into that area that you need Christ for. It says that believing you may have life. What that suggests is you really don't have life until you believe. In the mind of God, you are not really alive. Because until you believe in the Lord Jesus as the Christ, the anointed one, and in Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us that, that God anointed the Lord Jesus Christ, and he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. All the evil things that you see on earth, they are as a result of the oppression of Satan. And Jesus was anointed to do good to us, every one of us, because we are being oppressed by the devil. So to come of Satan's oppression, we have to believe is faith in him that transform you, transforms you, not works, nothing. All that God needs from you is to believe the word. The belief in him will bring salvation, life to your life. And the life is in his name.
when you, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says you will be born again. That means your old life is put aside and God gives you a new life. And this new life is real. This is the real life. When you were born, heaven noticed. But heaven will not celebrate your birth. We celebrate our birthdays, right? Heaven doesn't celebrate your birthday and my birthday, the day we were born into the earth. There is one birthday that is celebrated in heaven. The day you got born again. Jesus said, a sinner, when a sinner comes to the Lord, there is great joy in heaven in the midst of the angels. That celebration when you now receive the message of John and you believe that Jesus is the Christ. Then you have life in his name. You have life in his name. We sang a lot about, life, about his name this morning. And what you're saying is, if there is any area of your life that is dying, even after you have received Christ, then you notice there is an area of your life where you're still struggling. And there seems to be no way. And you've done everything. John is saying the reason why you can't get out of it, you haven't believed. Your struggles will not help you. You can't resolve your problems by yourself. All he's asking from you, these things were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, your deliverer, the one that is going to save you, the one that can bring you out of that problem, the one that can resolve the problem, the one that can help you, the one that can lift you up, the one that can make you successful and really make you it on the earth. That's what it is. He says you need to believe it, that Jesus is the Christ. And what does that mean? And that's really the message of John. He wants you to know that Jesus, the Christ, existed before everything. John is very specific about this. He wants the world to know that Jesus was before all things. He was not just a man. I had a lot of struggles, you know, as a child, you know, growing up and the message of salvation and people say Jesus died for our sins. And my thinking is, well, if he's a man, a man can die for another man's sin, but why would his death be for the whole world? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why would his death be for the whole world? Why not for his friend? If he didn't do something bad at all, his death should be. Now, when I discovered that he is God, that settled it. And that's what John wants you to know. That God became incarnate in man. Now, you have to understand the importance of that. God will never take the form and live in the form of an animal, any animal. God will never take the form of an angel and continue to live as an angel. Never. You are so important in the mind of God, so precious, so loved, that God decided, I will live in the form of a man. 
That's how precious you are. Not what you have done. Not all of that. It's how important you are to Him. That God Himself decided, I will be incarnate in man. Today in the Godhead, there is a man sitting. Amen. There is a full man sitting in the Godhead. No other creature. If you read in Revelation, there are beings. He talks about beings and they are really in the presence. God will never take the shape or the form of any of those. He did for us. It's only the enemy that's demeaning us and making us feel like we are of no significance in the schemes of time. You are so important. No devil, no demon, no witch can come against your life. No situation, no negative circumstance can come against your life if you believe. So that's what John wants us, wanted us to know. In John chapter 1, verse 1, 2, 3, he says, In the beginning was the Word. He tells you that itself is very significant. Notice that in the, this goes to the beginning. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He tells you that God was the Word in the beginning. God was the Word in the beginning. He was there. He, he goes beyond Genesis. If you go to Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning God made heaven and earth. But now John is going beyond Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, way back where Jesus, where God was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. First, the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He is above all things. He was before all things. He holds all things together. That's God. And He took our form, your form. No one can shame you. Amen. Amen. No one can bring disgrace to your life when Jesus is there with you. That's what John wants you to know. You are special. I don't care what you've done in the past, He can clean you up too. You're special. Let no man tell you you're nothing. You were made in His image. You're loved, deeply loved. Even if tragedy is coming to your life, He has a plan. Don't give up. He's there for you. He came to be part of you. It says, all things were made through Him or by Him. And without Him was nothing made that was made. Without this Jesus, nothing was made. He made all things. Why is John telling us this? He made all things. He put all things together. Things that are seen, things that are unseen. Demons and devils, all of them. Jesus made them. And he's over all of these things. He can control all of them. All the circumstances that occur on the earth. He has full control. But the way he made us, he's allowed us to have choices. And until you bring him into the situation, you have to deal with them by yourself. But once you get him, get him in and let him have the driver's seat, things will be different. No demon can oppress you. No, no way. He has control over all things. There is no need to be afraid. When I found out who this Savior is, 
I lost my fear. In those days, I used to be afraid of witches. In Nigeria, when I was born again newly, and I talk, people talk a lot about witch, witchcraft and all of that stuff, and we have to burn and, and don't eat this fat man's food because they have put something in their food to put a spell on you. Bring that food to me. <laughs> After I receive Christ, you can't poison me. You're crazy. You're going to die trying. Nobody puts a spell on me. I got the greater one with me everywhere I go. You can't cause me. I won't even reply. If you cause, it comes hit, it goes right back. It's not, you can't do it. He's above all things. That's what you, he that was from the beginning. He made all things, nothing made that was made without him. Anything that you know of, whether you can see it, elements, whatever they call it, compounds and whatever scientists call it, if you can see it or can't see it, he made them. And he's got control over them because his Bible tells us he's holding everything together by the word of his power. He's got control. But I like it. He stepped down from heaven and came to my level. Amen. And I can look him. I do I. Amen. That's what the word, word of God is telling us. John was truly fascinated by this. He can, what he's saying, he can fix all things. He was from the beginning. All things are made by him. He can fix your husband if he's bad. <laughs> he can fix your wife. Amen. He can fix your children. When I say fix your wife, man, you better not say amen if you're sitting by your wife because that will be real trouble for you, my man. You'll find another home to go to when he's around you. He can fix your children. You don't have to worry. All that he says is believe. These things were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, meaning the anointed one that God sent to do you good. He went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed by the devil. The enemy will try to oppress, but Jesus is greater. I can always bring him into the equation. Amen? That's what John wanted us to know. John was fascinated by this. And in any message, if you go to 1 John chapter 1, he wants you to know about this Jesus that was there in the beginning. That is now ours. To, have, to keep and to have. Amen? That is something to shout for. Amen? I get excited about this. I thank the Lord many times that God, look, how did you find me, this little guy here? You found me and you held on to me and kept me till this day. I'm so grateful. He's such a joy to know your son. He's such a joy to have Jesus living inside my heart. I don't care what they think. I got the best. I got the best. And if you don't know him, you don't know what you're missing. And if you're still standing on the fence, you're just sitting on the fence, and you're not moving towards God, you don't know what you're missing. This is a life of joy. A life of contentment. Free of fear. Fear nothing about the future. He holds my future. And that means it's good. Because he came to do us good. Amen. He came to do us good. I have no fear of the future. 
Even if I have negative circumstances today, He can change the elements and turn that situation and make it good for His glory. Amen. John tells us again in 1 John chapter 1 verse 1, that which was from the beginning. And I like the way he says it. Because this was John. He has seen this one from the beginning. I used to be jealous of those guys. I'm telling you. Why didn't I leave when Jesus was here so I can touch him, you know. Just put my hands around him, lean on him. And say, that's the God that created us. Oh Lord, it is wonderful to have you here. Don't ever leave us again, man. We love him. And that's what John is saying. He says, because he's seen this one. And he knew that was the one from the beginning. So he says here, that which was from the beginning, which, our, which we have heard of, which we have seen with our eyes. I saw him, John is saying. Great. I saw the one that created all things. I saw him with my own eyes. He wants you to know that. Which we have looked upon. He's not... If you see with your eyes, won't you be looking at a person, right? But he wants you to know, I I looked on him. And he says in the word, and our hands have handled. We touched him, we handled him. He was like a friend. When you read the gospel, especially the gospel of John, it's so precious. You see the relationship between Jesus and his disciples. They were just like friends. Just like you talking to your friends. And they were comfortable to be around him. I love that relationship. And that's the same relationship God is wanting with us. We make it too complicated. He wasn't judging them as they walked with him. There was one that was stealing from the money box, but he wasn't saying anything to the guy. And many times they were arguing and doing stuff. He tried to straighten them out. But nobody was afraid of him. They loved him. And that's what he wants from us. Amen. He says, we looked upon him and our hands handled him. And he says, concerning the word of life. That word is the word of having life in his name. Life in his name. Believing that you may have life. In his name. You attach his name to whatever area of life that you want him to fix. He can fix your finances. Attach his name so that he'll give life to your finances. If you are afraid, attach his name to the fear and the fear will disappear. And you will become bold. Amen. If you have trouble with the kids, pray and attach his name to the trouble that's following after your kids. And the troubles will disappear. That's what he's saying. He'll give life to every area of your life. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Not hurting in one area of life and having fun in another area of life. You're having life in abundance. And everybody can see. Why should it be in secret? I'm having fun in life. But no one can see it. It ought to be out. You are the light of the world. Is that not what the scripture says? You are the light of the world. These things are true. I'd like you to believe with me. That's why we are going ahead to do what we're doing. You know, building a new church in Nigeria. Where we're going to look at our congregation. We're not big and mighty. But when it's done, everybody can tell. God did that thing. You can't build two sanctuaries. In one year, 
Where did the money come from? Now it's coming from the Lord. And God will do it. I have no fear. I trust in my God. He's, he's, he has everything. Amen. And I'm joining my faith with your faith. Amen. I need you to stand with me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And together, we'll get these things done. Because Jesus is with us. John wanted us to know he was from the beginning. And you can read in the scriptures that Jesus spoke. He was, he, in John chapter 17, verse 5, he says, Father, glorify me now with the glory. Glorify me now together with yourself with the glory that I had with you before the world was. So Jesus on earth, he's talking about he had some familiarity with the Father before the world was. And here he's standing with me. I mean, I would have loved to be around him praying that prayer. No wonder the disciples said, why can't you just show us the Father? And we will be satisfied. Just show us. We like to see the Father. Because Jesus said, no one has seen the Father at any time. But the Son, he has seen him. He says, and I'm declaring him to, to you. No man has seen God at any time. Yet they were standing right there before God. And John is saying, our eyes saw him. If we understand who Jesus really is and his love for us, when troubled times come, we'll look at it and say, oh, it's you again. Okay. Because you trust your master. He'll take care of you. He'll take care of your physical being. He'll take care of your, your, your health. I just read not a few days ago about this man. I wish I knew about this before I read that thing. But uh, he said when he read in the scriptures that uh, God uh, knows the number of the hair on his head. He told God, I give that to you. Keep, please keep my hair. So I, I will never, I, he's never lost his 90 something. He still has all his hair, they're dark. And I'm saying, why didn't I come again uh, along with this revelation before I got to this place? <laughs> hey, you can laugh all you want. Why did I get this revelation? Now I've been looking real good. And then after <laughs> Pastor West quit laughing. He's no funny. <laughs> You try many times by, by your own trying to cover the place and, you know, put Rogaine and this stuff. <laughs> Angela says, that thing is, 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 is getting wider. I said, no, it's, it's, it's coming back together. <laughs> and it used to be, uh, 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 where is Annie? I don't know why I'm digressing this morning. But Annie Jackson was my woman of faith. She used to pray for Pastor Andy and I for, for our boldness to seize. <laughs> then she left the church for a season. By the time she got back, faith was not there anymore. <laughs> you can laugh all you want, but... Uh, There is a reason for the incarnation, why Jesus came. Stepping down from heaven, the greatest being in the universe, 
I know how people will respond if they see President Bush downtown in the streets sitting with street people and talking to them. All the television guys will be right there with their cameras. President Bush in the streets talking and eating. But this was the one that created all. He came. And John tells us in John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. As the glory of the only begotten of the father. That was God living among us. He's taking our form. That says nothing evil can come to us. He's on our side now. We got everything we need in life. The reason for the incarnation is his love. God's love for us. Many times we think that that love is gone. The love of God for you is still as strong as it was when, Jesus, when God gave Jesus and Jesus, and Mary became pregnant with Jesus. The love is still there. Is still as strong for you today. Remember when God gave Jesus, the whole world was in sin. There were all kinds of wicked things happening around the world. At the same time, God was giving his son. So we need to recognize that. <coughs> Please get me some water. Jesus himself said this and it's so important. Thank you. For God so loved the world. How many remember that scripture? You know why he was saying that? I am a lamb. I am like a lamb to be crucified for you. And God saw it and knew it. For God so loved the world. God so loved for life to be good for you. For life to be pleasant for you. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. For God did not send his son to condemn the world. God is not condemning you. God did not come to condemn anyone. No matter what's going on in your life, he is there with you. He came because of you. He took your form. He's walking that thing through with you. If he's in your heart, he's experiencing the frustration and everything that you're going through. But he can do something about it. Love was what brought Jesus down to the earth. And it's, it's interesting. Jesus himself is the one saying it. God loved and gave his son. And Jesus in, in, Matthew, uh, in John chapter 10, 17 and 18 tells us there. It says, therefore my father loves me. God loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. He says, no one takes it from me. I lay down of myself. He says, I have the power 
to lay it down and I have the power to take it up. In other words, it wasn't just the Father's love, it was Jesus' love as well. He loves you so that you can be with him. That's the purpose. Greater love had no man than this, that for a man to lay down his life for his friends. Now, you are God's friend today. Naturally, if you have a friend and you're going through a difficult time, a difficult time, you expect your friend to do something about it, right? If they have the resources, you'll feel really bad if they're not doing anything about it. Well, God is bigger than that kind of friend. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And no matter what you're going through today, he can take care of the problem. All he's asking you to do is believe what is written. Believe that he'll take care of the problem. Believe that he will transform the situation. He'll heal you. He'll keep you healed. That's what God wants us to know. Romans chapter 8 verse 32 tells us this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us offense? That's what Jesus wants to do for us. Freely give you what? All things. Sometimes we say spiritual things. No, not just spiritual things, but material things as well. All things. How shall, how, how much more? God is willing. If he's willing to give He's willing to give you anything. There's nothing that you can ask for to make life better than yourself that's bigger than his son. That's what God is saying. He's willing to give you all things. He gave you his best when he gave his son. He was the incarnate one, Jesus Christ our Lord. Then he gives us the proof for the incarnation. The fact that it was God that came. First, Jesus in John chapter 2 turned water into wine. That wine was exhausted. And they, 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 they had nothing to do. It would have been an embarrassment for the couple to run out of wine. I guess the guys were having fun. An embarrassing time had come and everybody was nervous. But thank God Jesus was around. They went to him. And the testimony, if you read in in John, it tells us this. In John chapter 2 verse 10, this was the the chief, the guy that was really, you know, heading that uh, party. He says, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. Amen. Maybe you've been drinking something until now. And your life has not been good. Jesus is going to give you a new wine today in Jesus' name. God will make your life sweet today. The best wine is out for your life today in Jesus' name. But notice, Jesus turned water into wine. And what John was saying, hey, he is God. He'll turn water into wine. 
He changed anything. Jesus also healed the man that was born blind. Many people believe that that man, you know, was blind. And how do you know he was born blind? If you look at a man, can you just tell by looking some, at somebody? Somebody had to tell me about Stevie Wonder. You know who Stevie Wonder is? Somebody had to tell me when, when he got blind and all these people. I can see him on television. I know he was born blind. Can you? There's no way for anyone to know. I believe that that man blind, according to the scriptures, I believe he had no eyes. And we have genetic problems where there's just thick skin. You know, that cover, just no opening. So that when you take a look, you know he was born blind. That man was born blind. And there's a, there's, there was a case in Kenya of a kid that was born just like that. No eyes, no opening. Just thick skin. They covered it. Nothing opened. It was born. But God gave that child two brand new eyes. He said the mother was carrying the baby in a crusade and they were praying. And she was praying for her son. She brought that son for healing. And then when she got through praying, she looked down and these two beautiful eyes were looking at her and saying, who is this, you know? And she started yelling and screaming. That was what Jesus did. Look at what Jesus did. He saw this man that was born blind. The disciples said, what happened? Who sinned? This is so terrible. Somebody must have done something wrong. Who did such wrong to cause this? And Jesus said, no one. And then he went back to his mode. The way it was in Genesis. When he created Adam, you know? He made him out of the soil, right? So Jesus spat, took some soil, and made the mud, right? He's going to demonstrate, I was the one in the very beginning. And he put it on his eyes. And he wants you to do something with it. God and man walking together. A miracle. He said, go and watch. It's not the water that did it. It was you joining with God. And he said, go do it. And the guy came back. The reason why I know that there was nothing there, and he had brand new eyes and opening when he got back, some people said, hey, is he not that guy that sat down and begged? The other said, no, he just looks like him. <laughs> Amen? You could tell. If he was the same guy, you know, why well, was the same guy, but now he looked different. He got eyes now. Eyelashes, right? And all of that stuff. God is saying there's nothing too difficult for him to do, Jesus, in your life. No matter how terrible, he can change that situation. He raised Lazarus from the dead. The man had been dead for four days. And it was decaying. And if you, if you know what that is, the elements that make up his body, the compounds were beginning to break down. And some of them would go off in the form of a gas, right? It's no longer together. And Jesus with one word, Lazarus, come forth. That man came back to life. And you need to read that story. It's so beautiful. When the people heard about this, he said they would, they, they would, call, they would go to Lazarus' home. When Jesus was there with him, they would go there to be with them. But they didn't come just to see Jesus. They came to see Lazarus. Hey, that's the guy that was dead. Now he's back alive. 
and the, the, the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, he said many of the people came because of that one miracle that he brought that man back from there. Now, think about it. A decaying man, decaying flesh, decaying heart. Think about it. You wouldn't think about it. The veins and all of that stuff, possibly decaying and all of that. And one word. But we call that a miracle. But what about your life? Can he do something about it? What about your kids? Can he put them together? He was before all times. There's nothing. All time. There's nothing impossible with him. He can work with your finances. He can heal your body. He can make you walk again. There's nothing that's impossible with him. All that John was saying is, I wrote these things that you may believe. And in believing, you will have Life in his name. Today, by the grace of God, I have no fear of the future. I, I don't know the future, but I know I'm not dying early. It's not going to happen because Jesus has granted me long life by his word. Honor your father and your mother. I, I honor my parents and I honor my God. I love the brethren. I love you. And you have been commanded to love me. You have no choice. <laughs> so we all live long together. Amen? We all live long together. All we need to do is believe the word. There's nothing impossible with God. Would you stand up with me this morning? The devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There is a thief on the loose. A murderer. The Bible says, Jesus said he's a murderer. And a murderer and a liar. John chapter 8 verse 44. He's a murderer. He's a liar. So whatever is happening in your life, <laughs> if you don't like it, somebody's been lying to you. And you've been believing your lie. Believing his lie. If you're having a difficult time and you can't make it, I don't care what area of your life, financial, your physical body, whatever it is, a murderer is coming in and is wanting to kill. Refuse to accept it and you will live. Refuse because Jesus is on your side. Amen? How many want to commit to the Lord today to believe in his word? without observing what you see with your eyes and letting it go into your heart to change the way you think. How many want to trust God for whatever? What is that miracle that you want from the Lord today? And you believe God is going to grant that miracle to you. There is change coming into your life. There has got to be a change. If you struggle financially, that is going to be ending today in the name of Jesus. If there is an addiction in your life and you need to break it, the Lord Jesus is with us today and is going to be broken. If you are sick in your body, thank you, Jesus. He's raising his hand. Amen. So no matter what, God is with us. And God is going to do the work. Amen. Amen. 
what we don't want to do is to give up on the Lord. If you give up, that's because you don't know him well. He loves you. He loves you. No matter how bad you think you have been, he loves you. He cares for you. He'll change the situation. Just let him draw a little closer. He loves you. You're so dear to him. The number of hair that you have all counted. Every day you wake up, he knows. And you are well cared for. He is the good shepherd. John tells us. He says the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus will rather die than to see you suffer. If you suffer, I am allowing it. I want to be free. How many want to be free this morning? From whatever it is, you want to be free. Let's pray to the Lord today. Father God, we thank you. Thank you. Indeed, you came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. We welcome that life. We don't care what they say out there. We know that you are God and that you are with us. You've brought healing to our lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.